0: Hey everybody, and welcome to episode number fifty-two of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. We're paving your way. We're your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy championships. If you're able to squeak into the playoffs, and we do officially have eleven weeks of the thirteen-week fantasy football season in the books, so right now you should have a pretty good sense: Are you screwed? Are you golden? Or are you on the fence? I'm on the fence right now in two Mm -hmm. of my four leagues. I'm in in one. I'm out in another. So right down the middle. I, of course, am your host, Nat
1: The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. How you doing, Wolf? I'm doing fantastic. Just had the early dismissal today from Mm. school, so I'm off for the next three days and then the weekend, too. Glorious time to be alive, especially with uh, the good old Blackout Wednesday coming into play tonight, Uh night before Thanksgiving. I don't know if any of the Wolf Pack gets involved in those shenanigans, but for whatever reason, we're still 30 years old and still going to Blackout Wednesday. Doesn't matter. Not slowing down at all. Uh, That should be a great time, but then obviously all day tomorrow, football on the TV, best food ever. Thanksgiving dinner might be my favorite meal of all time Uh, of course be a little toasty for it which will be fantastic just everything is coming up gold right now i can't wait
0: yeah i mean i have a stinking suspicion that given our demographic or what i assume is our demographic that there's probably a few other people that are also going to be getting blacked out on wednesday and probably (laughs) a few people that are gonna be a little toasty at thanksgiving dinner i'm just guessing i can't confirm or deny (laughs) for
1: sure but like if i had to put money on it that's where my money would be Oh, absolutely! I, I would love some submissions. If anyone has any fantastic stories from whatever they do on Blackout Wednesday or Thursday, the day before they they get to Thanksgiving, whatever whatever your Thanksgiving traditions are, send them in. The Wolfpack would love to feature them. Uh, link Clegg, if you're in Australia, yeah, link we are vast. Where are you traditions. at, Link? Hit us up, Link. Let us know. We've got to share your story about your NFL trip sometime soon. That stuff was fantastic. Let me know if you do anything on Thanksgiving and everybody else out there. Hit us up. Let us know.
0: Let us know. And we do want to do a quick plug, and it's a shameless oh, yeah. plug, but it's a worthwhile plug because it's a lot of fun. We've got some fantasy pick action. As you know, we've been doing stuff like this kind of all year on our okay. Facebook page where, you know, the Monday night game or sometimes even the Thursday game, we'll, we'll give you five choices Uh, between the two quarterbacks, between, uh, you know, the two running backs, between the two tight ends, whatever. You gotta pick which guy's gonna score more fantasy points. You get them all. You get a Roto Street Journal t-shirt. We're taking it up a notch for Thanksgiving. We got three games coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. Wolf, why don't you give us a quick rundown on what the folks can expect because this is, pod is going out Wednesday. I, I expect to have this thing out probably an hour after we finish it. You have plenty Excellent. of time to hear this. And then uh, you know we're hoping you'll play all three Pick'em games on Thursday with us on our, uh, full, on our
1: Facebook page with Road Street Journal. So Wolf, talk us through it. Absolutely, and I want to make sure to plug it too because I've I've been learning. A lot of people hit me up in the DMs and they're like, I love the podcast. Didn't even know you had a Twitter and do you guys have anywhere else to follow? All that stuff. So we have all the social medias. Make sure you're hitting them and that we post this on every social media. So to be convenient to you, whatever you use most, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we'll be there and we'll be posting it. But we wanted to ramp it up. We've been doing these pick'ems for about a year now, mostly Thursday nights and Monday nights. Uh, And they they get shared by a ton of people. They love them. They want to tag their friends and see who does better. Uh, Very competitive, and we're realizing you guys like trying to win, but are very bad at doing it. We're way smarter than you right now. Nobody's been winning these things. We've had like three or four. You know, Tyler's won like twice. We have this one guru on Facebook that destroys us, but otherwise, other than Tyler, if you're listening, Tyler, shout out to you. Other than that, nobody's winning these things, so we want to open it up to more and more people, see if anybody can solve these mysteries we're laying out for you by giving you all three Thanksgiving Day contests. Uh, So every single game will feature one. We'll launch the actual contest about an hour before kickoff there's some injury news like we're going to talk about today that will lead right up to kickoff so we can't set it in stone yet uh, but but ultimately we'll give you those five matchups like you said if you get one of the three right so you know low odds maybe you can somehow squeak one of them out we'll give you a t-shirt for your troubles well done they're nice t-shirts uh, great reviews on the t-shirts if you can somehow do the impossible and get two out of three we'll send you a hoodie a tank top whichever your premium gear choice is a hat we've got uh, all this new gear coming in we'd be happy to let you pilot some of the newest fresh gear if you can somehow get two and if you pull off the impossible if you do three out of three which isn't going to happen there's no way no wolves (laughs) will pull that off but if you can do it we will send you every single gear item we have, so a hat, a T-shirt, a polo, a, a hoodie, a tank top, all that stuff. We'll give you all our guides, which are going to start being priced in 2019. We'll give you all our guides for free, so it's going to be six to eight guides, about sixty to eighty dollars worth of of, merch, of just guides there, all free for 2019. Maybe I'll even send you fifty bucks for your trouble because I know it's not going to happen. None, none of that's going to happen if you can somehow pull off three. But again, every day, uh, all three social media channels, whatever you follow. Uh, uh, you find us on those, uh, Roto Street Journal on Facebook and Instagram, Roto ST Journal on Twitter. We'll post these an hour before game time. You comment your five choices. If you get it right, you screenshot it, send it into to us for a DM, and somehow if you pull off more than one, we'll, we'll be sure to send you gear. I don't think you're going to get any of them, but, but we'll see. The gauntlet's laid down.
0: Yeah, and if you get all three of them right and you're able to give us an exact point total for every single guy, oh we gosh. will send you VIP to London. To Blake Bortles' favorite <laughs> club. And you and Alan Hearns together are going, well, can watch from behind the best potted plant in the place while Blake Bortles gets sucked off. And that's, on, that's, on, our, that's on the Roto Street Journal's time. Don't you and Alan Hearns are going are gonna to watch together. Uh, and, of course, yeah, there's absolutely. A zero chance of that happening. So, Mr. Hearns, if you're listening, don't worry. You're not on the hook for that. You're
1: not on the hook. RotoStreetJournal.com no. <laughs> slash pick them. Uh, RotoStreetJournal.com <laughs> slash pick If you want to enjoy that contest for all the details I just laid out, it's all in writing, makes a little bit more sense if you're reading it, but hopefully you join in some Thanksgiving fun and we're going to be rolling those out a lot more just from now to the end of the year. We've been getting called Tyler, the the ace told us he wants more and more of it, uh, more challenges and everybody seems to love them. Or gear exactly so you guys have been calling for it and we're going to finish off the, the 2018 season with giving you as many pick'ems as possible and a, a few people that are like, out of their their leagues you know they want a little more excitement on Sundays it's free to play it's a free kind of for way now. to gamble a little bit free for now maybe we'll, we'll up the stakes and have even more premium prizes someday I'm envisioning an app and all this great stuff but for sure. now we'll, we'll continue on the way we're doing it and, and give you a shot at three times on Thanksgiving we'll hit you up on Sunday with some more of them too but check it out one last time, rotostreetjournal.com slash pick them. If you want to play in those contests.
0: All right, let's get right into the stock watch in the trainer's room. We got Mitch Trubisky, AJ green, Traquan Smith, the Lions' offense. And then we're going to get with a couple of rapid fire questions. Let's start with Mitch Trubisky, NFL networks, Ian Rappaport reports. It's quote unquote, more likely Mitchell Trubisky. And this is due to a shoulder sits in favor of chase Daniel. That's right. We have a chase Daniel sighting for <laughs> Thursday's week 12 game against the Lions, and is listed as doubtful. Uh, if if Chase Daniel is one of your choices in the NFL pick'em, are you going to go with Chase Daniel? That's the real it's, question.
1: <laughs> it is Chase Daniel versus Matt Stafford, and Matt right. Stafford's been absolutely abysmal all 2018. So maybe he'll pull off the upside. I see a lot of Matt Stafford coming. Instead in of that Matt matchup. Stafford,
0: it should be Chase Daniel or you know the Gatorade cooler sitting on the end of the bench. <laughs>
1: I think Chase Daniel is going to actually surprise and be better than expected, but that's more a bet on Matt Nagy's system. I'm a huge fan. As we've raved about all offseason and going into this year, and as we've seen with Mitch Trubisky, Matt Nagy has a great offense. It comes from that Andy Reid West Coast philosophy. Not that you're going to scramble out there and start Chase Daniel in your season log, but maybe a DFS dart throw. It's going to be bottom barrel price. It's got a good weapons cabinet, a good scheme, and he looked good. Chase Daniel did operating this in the preseason, so maybe worth a play. Uh, it could beat out Matt Stafford in that pick 'em contest I expect a lot of dink and dunk throws though he's not as vertical as Mitch Trubisky he doesn't have the arm strength or the aggressiveness to go as deep as Trubisky consistently does so I'm thinking a big day for Tariq Cohen over the middle dink 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 maybe Anthony Miller who's been rolling a couple touchdowns over the last couple weeks out of the slot gets some easier looks I would be nervous about starting uh, my Allen Robinsons my Taylor Gabriels the guys that use a lot of the deep ball to, to get their yardage Trey Burton obviously makes me nervous he should make you nervous anyways because he's just been a dud these last few weeks especially with Shaheen coming in uh and maybe they just lean on the run game a little bit heavier with Jordan Howard the Lions are giving up the ninth most points to running backs but it is worth noting since they traded for Snacks Harris over from the Giants their run defense has improved remarkably Uh, they were allowing well over 5.5 yards per carry and now only uh now backs only average under uh it's like 3.3, 3.3, I believe now, with Snacks there, giving up way less total yards per game on the ground. So that guy has made a huge difference, so I wouldn't just pencil in Jordan Howard for this huge day suddenly, because their, their run game has improved. They held Jordan Howard himself to 21 yards the last time they met, but I imagine they're going to try at least to protect Daniels, protect that O, and, and establish that run early on. That's kind of what I'm expecting based on this news. Uh, I don't know about you, Nat. Any, any Chase Daniels in your lineups?
0: <laughs> no.
1: The easiest question I think I've ever given you. (laughs) you lobbed
0: that one right across the plate. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Stock watch, number two, A.J. Green. Despite remaining sidelined at Wednesday's practice, A.J. Green, and this is due to the recurring toe injury that I feel like, maybe it's different, but I feel like he's been suffering from a toe injury of some kind for like three or four years now, has a quote-unquote good chance to return week 12 against the Browns, according to ESPN's Josina Anderson. So you know it must be true. Go ahead, Wolf.
1: She's actually been pretty spot on this year for the uh, NFL report. He's done a nice yep. job for Joe over there. So I'll take her out of word. If AJ Green's going to be out there, obviously you're going to start him in your lineup. There is, and I know, Nat, one of your favorite words in the, in the glossary, scarecrow risk Absolutely. with AJ Green. Uh, maybe he's just a decoy, and they're getting him out there to, to draw coverage or what might have you. Uh, <laughs> but facing Cleveland, if he is actually healthy and active and not a scarecrow, he's got the 10th easiest matchup for wide receivers, a good shootout-style game with Cincinnati just bleeding points and yardage all over the field, that could end up being one of the sneaky high score game, uh, highest scoring games of the day. So AJ Green, if he's out there, you're going to play him. He's one of your studs. Unless there, there is some rumblings, he might be only a decoy. Uh, but, but ultimately, that also would help out Tyler Boyd, who's been struggling to deal with number one coverage. He he operates much better as a number two. And, and the whole offense, of course, is elevated when you got a talent like AJ Green stretched on the field. Andy Dalton's better. Joe Mixon's better. Everybody's better when you got AJ Green out there so as of now expect your your horse your target hog number one out
0: there Quan smith due to the foot did not practice on tuesday what do you think he's been kind of a sexy waiver wire slash like maybe guy that was on your bench that you're rolling in as a starter recently
1: Yeah, absolutely. Last week, ten catches, one hundred and fifty-seven, and a touchdown. Thirteen targets from Drew Brees. There's nothing sexier than thirteen targets from Drew Brees, especially when you got the skill set of Traquan, a big guy that can blow past corners with some great speed, climb the ladder, and make contested catches. That's what I liked most about Traquan's performance was the contested catches, those trust throws from Drew Brees that that just tell you that he's made that next step in those two chemistry. We saw some great progression, but hopefully, uh, it's not going to be halted. But it sounds like it very well could be if he doesn't practice didn't practice today either so it's very nerve-wracking right now Earning, uh, owning Traquan Smith. If he doesn't play and you were relying on him, maybe you toss out Keith Kirkwood, an undrafted free agent rookie for the Saints who's been making steadily more and more uh, snap usage, seen three to four targets a week right now, had 40-ish yards. And maybe he's in a blow-up spot if Traquan can't go. We know how bad Atlanta's secondary is. We know this game is likely to be a shootout, so if you want pieces of it and Traquan's not playing, there might be a little bit to be had. Uh, but otherwise, as long as plays plays i think Traquan has to be in your lineup the way he's been playing and the shootout potential this game and that chemistry building i bet you he plays and has a solid day overall and i'm just terribly pissed off that i dropped him right before his breakout that always happens right you wait on a guy for five games you play him for a few and he blows you a few weeks you cut him and he blows up that's what happened with Traquan and me i just didn't give him that one last week and i'm pissed about it rebound or revenge body A revenge body, baby, yeah, awful.
0: Right, Marvin Jones and the Lions offense. Bad news for anybody banking on these guys. Marvin Jones, that's with a knee injury, and Carrion Johnson, also with a knee injury, are both out for Week 12 against the Bears. Um, And so, you know, you're going to lose two key pieces on that Detroit offense. And, you know, of course, they're going to be going against Chase Daniel. So we are going to be seeing a veritable who's who of guys that were just hanging out outside the stadium hoping that they could
1: get to play this week.
0: What do you think Absolutely. on the
1: lines of this? <laughs> and some of those guys, one guy who wasn't waiting outside the stadium and is playing and definitely is impacted by this news is Kenny, right. the motherfucking beast Galladay, what they call it, Minitron and all that stuff. And rightfully so. He's a big dude, uh, makes catches up and over the corners, with those contested throws. He's been dominating on jump balls all his career, but especially lately seeing the volume with those guys out. He has 27 targets over his last two weeks with Marvin Jones out, and there's no way he's not going to see 12 to 15 targets again in this one, against a beatable Bears secondary. For all their strengths, the Bears, a great run defense, great pass rush, but they don't hold their coverage very long, and they suck at tackling in the secondary. They've, they've allowed some humongous games to wide receivers, especially run after the catch. So Galde could be truly dominant in this one. In fact, we don't have a true matchup for him in our, our pick'em contest. It's hard to figure out who we would actually match him up with uh, because he's in such a good spot. But other than him, who could be waiting outside the stadium, hopefully getting their name called, one such guys Bruce Ellington a desperation Hail Mary 1% owned but still uh, the first game with the Lions saw nine targets caught six of them for 52 yards and 8.2 ish half PPR points if you're desperate for your wide receiver three and trust me I'm desperate I, I'm not necessarily <laughs> rolling Ellington but I'm real fucking desperate I've considered it maybe he gets a call for you and the other guy just to mention there with carry on out is Theo theoretic uh, only 47% owned PPR fair stab you seen at least seven targets in three straight games I'm I'm not going the Garrett Blunt route. I don't think he can do anything anymore. Uh, Maybe he falls in the end zone for a touchdown, but I doubt it against the Stout Bears front. So the only guy of note in that backfield at this point is Theo Riddick. Maybe you put Zach Zenner on your watch list as the more do-it-all style big back. Uh, But Riddick's the only one, at least putting out this week, that I'm interested in out of that backfield.
0: All right, let's talk rapid fire real quick. Chris Thompson, due to the same ribs he's been dealing with for quite a while now, is out for Week 12 against the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, it's brutal. He hasn't played since week 8. Do you drop him? Will he return? All it means is the AP show of that backfield, but with Colt McCoy at quarterback, is that even worth starting? Very risky guy out there.
0: I wouldn't be touching him or anybody else hanging around that organization. Cowboys
1: <laughs> defense may be the best stream of the week. for uh, defense. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say,
0: I, I like the Cowboys defense a lot. Joe sure. Flacco, hip, or possibly just because they don't feel like putting him out on the field anymore
1: because he blows, <laughs> remains sidelined <laughs> at Wednesday's practice. It's the Lamar Jackson show two weeks in a row and he gets another juicy matchup for the second week in a row against the Raiders. Went for 100 rush yards last week. I think he does it again against the Raiders. Maybe he sees an uptick in passing as well. Great streamer this week, Lamar Jackson. Marcus Mariota neck limited in Wednesday's practice. I'm hearing he's day to day. That's pretty typical, right? And who really gives a shit? You should not be starting Mariota, especially if no, he shouldn't. comes no, never. But he else, especially now that he comes with the risk of Monday night, like what would you be forced to stream Blaine Gabbert if Mario doesn't play? Stay away. It just more so impacts the other guys around him. Maybe Corey Davis sees a slight uptick if Mariotta plays and Jonu Smith. Uh, either way, this is going to be a horrible matchup for Tennessee against Houston. I'm staying away from all these Titans. All right. We're going to go to higher,
0: lower, Hail Mary. That's the stock watch slash trainer's room. These are some guys the Wolf's higher on, some guys the Wolf's lower on and some guys he's willing to take a stab at. And sometimes when you're in the playoffs or you're close to the playoffs, you do have to take a stab. So listen and listen good. Quarterbacks, mm. the Wolf is higher on Russell Wilson than the so-called experts he's got him at quarterback 7. That's 6 spots higher than the experts have him. He's playing at Carolina. Why the love for
1: Russell Wilson? I mean, I just maybe just cuz he's like really good. Yeah, fantastic player. He's having a sneaky fantastic season. I think because it's so easy to hate on him, they're so run heavy. the run heaviest team in the league, and all that's true. Yet he's still been fairly dominant. You know, he's got this unsustainable TD rate, and it seems unsustainable. Yet he keeps throwing he keeps touchdown after it. touchdown. Yeah, I get that one TD every ten throws seems unsustainable, but he keeps doing it. So I, you know, I'm gonna keep rolling it out as I can. And we predicted, you know, great time to buy low on Russell Wilson after that single point dud because of the schedule got a lot harder, a lot more shootout style games where they're going to need points and come back. Russ is one of my favorite quarterbacks to start. And against Carolina, who's 11th in the league and scoring 26 points a game, you got to imagine the Seahawks will have to put theirs to keep up pace. He's Russ over 18 fantasy points uh, and two TDs in every single week since week five. So he's been balling out. Uh, he's got 20 over 20 points in three out of those five contests. I, I just love everything about Russ. The floor seems very high because he's been playing very well. The ceiling is very high when he gets these shootout style matches i think it's three plus touchdowns coming and i think the fact that he's not ranked as a clear-cut number one quarterback is a mistake on the experts part all right got your lower on but not significantly
0: lower it's worth noting it's deshaun watson against tennessee you got him as your qb 13 experts
1: have him at 10 tennessee been a little bit of a jekyll and hyde lately huh Yeah, the defense of Tennessee does have me worrisome in Houston as well. Jekyll and Hyde style offense, too. So, again, I'm not significantly lower, but this was as low as it got in terms of relevant quarterbacks. Uh, It just Watson does ball on the national stage, which made me a little bit nervous to put him as my guy. But still, he's averaging under 200 passing yards in his last five games. The Texans are five and oh in that span, too. So you got to think they figured out something that's working and that's relying on their defense, pounding it out with Blath Lamar Miller and just having Watson win only the contest that he has to and bleeding that clock. So ultimately, if they're five and no, I don't see them just changing up that formula. The only game he you know has over double digit fantasy points, he's got three. Uh, of the last five under 10 points which is just brutal for your quarterback if you get under 10 fancy points that kind of ruins your week titans have a strong d6 fewest fancy points to quarterbacks they struggle you know mightily on O with gabbert there which means they might have an even less incentive to use watson at his full capacity and they just kind of bleed the clock with a, this pathetic tennessee offense if it's gabbert just a lot of risk red flags with watson i know a lot of people out there have watson and mahomes and are saying can i go with watson this week And it, yeah you Can it's Watson on the national stage, but I would be looking to Winston, maybe even Lamar Jackson instead. I just – too much risk with Watson in my opinion. Well, we go Hail Mary. I mean does Jameis even count? You know, he's only 34% owned, and right now it says 5% started. So that seems Hail Mary-esque to me, but it seems too easy. It's kind of like, I don't like to cheat like that, but the matchup is ripe as can be. Offense averages 361 passing yards per game because of that bottom-barrel defense. Todd Munkin's air raid college-style offense. We've raved about these time and time again, so I apologize if I'm a broken record for you frequent listeners. But it just makes sense that Jameis should destroy an easy defense in this type of setup. The weapons cabinet is stacked. He's inside my top seven quarterbacks for the week yet still over half of leagues he's available and maybe just maybe this is his chance. I'm trying to give him a redemption tour for the ass fucking he gave us last year. Mm-hmm. We went all in and he was just god awful maybe he's just going to bury himself further into my fantasy doghouse with three interceptions then he gets benched and then we're, we're all just fucked that is the risk with it and I can see why people want to avoid it especially if you had him last year but I'm going back to the well one last time as my Mahomes streamer I'm going to Winston, I'm hoping it pans out and he's my Hail Mary, if that's too easy though the last guy I want is the guy on the other side of the ball, Nick Mullins my quarterback 17 this week, only 9% owned, 1% started so if you're real desperate, we're talking real desperate, this is his juicy as it gets in terms of a matchup bucks giving the most fancy points to quarterbacks i've liked what i've seen out of mullins gets the ball out quick spreads it around finds the right matchups seems to have a really strong grasp of shanahan's complex offense so if you're desperate i'm thinking mullins goes for 302 as he tries to keep pace with Jameis in a sneaky shootout of today
0: all right let's talk about running backs first one's ridiculous guy you're higher on than the experts aaron jones at the vikings you got him as your rb8 I mean, I wonder if that's even maybe a tiny bit low. You're eight I, spots higher than the experts who have him at 16. Have they watched football like the last few weeks? Apparently This is, this is an absolute blow-up stud. I'm going against this guy, uh, you know, kind of with my season on the line in my hometown league. I would love it if he came in as the RB16, believe me. But right. I, I see him more
1: like the RB6 or 5 or something like that. This dude's a stud, man. I mean, and speaking of RB6, he's the RB6 since they returned from their week 7 bye, and he didn't even truly have the backfield to himself those no, first two weeks. No, he was like 13 carries, stuff like right, that. Right, exactly, and then two weeks ago the, Mike McCarthy finally woke his ass up and since then, only Zeke Elliott has scored more in those last two games since Aaron Jones took over as that full-time go-to guy. Last game, 90% of the snaps, 94% of the running back touches. He's the guy. There's no question about that anymore, so why would the guy in an explosive Offensive offense that has tons of talent himself seems to make huge play after huge play every time he touches the ball be ranked outside of the experts top ten and pretty significantly outside the top ten makes no sense to me. I get Minnesota has a tough defense, a solid run defense, good <laughs> linebacking core. Uh, but this guy finds the end zone regular regularly. Well, it's in the ground. The passing game he's so highly involved. Aaron Rodgers loves him, keeps raving about how they need more and more touches for this guy. I think he's as underappreciated as can be by the ECR this week and anyone outside having him outside their clear-cut top 10 running back ones this week and just any week i mean he's going to be a top five running back most weeks i just have him a little bit lower because of the matchup you're just dead wrong if you have him at running back 16 that's horrendous Got you lower on and this is kind of like the opposite side here La- sean mccoy against
0: the jags you got him as your rb 36 eight spots lower than the experts so neither one of you thinks he's like too good of a play
1: no, but I'm just even more and more down on him. And this is tough to do because, one, he's potentially my flex this week. I have a flex health question we'll get to in the mailbag. Uh, but he's off a 24.3 thrashing of the Jets. His best game by far looked like vintage Shady, the best we've seen by far this year. I'm still sitting in most likely. He's matched up with Jacksonville, giving up only the fourth point fewest points to running backs, second fewest over their past five weeks, really shutting down running games, seemed to find their own last week against Pittsburgh, at least for three and a half quarters before blowing it in those last few minutes. Uh, But overall, Shady's only had a fancy points if that overall team is moving the ball. And with them turning back to Josh Allen, uh, a rookie, going against this Jags defense that seems to have found its its groove back with A.J. Bowie back in the lineup, I don't think the Bills are going to move this ball at all. Even if he catches a few dump-offs and sees 15 to 20 carries, I'm thinking it's a single digit day for Shady. You gotta bump him down despite the heavy volume and the huge game. I'm not putting him in lineups unless I'm completely desperate. And I am as desperate as can be this week and i'm still trying to find ways to avoid him all right
0: hail mary alfred morris uh at the bucks 14 percent owned there was some buzz about him at various times during the year hasn't really panned out matt Breda, when he's been running has been excellent what do you Mm -hmm. think why should people take a chance on morris maybe I mean, this is
1: the Matt Breida show. I fully acknowledge that he saw twenty touches, a season high twenty touches, at that last week, and and thrive with the Matt Breida when he gets the volume and is healthy, has been explosive and, and exciting to watch as any back, uh, especially in this Kyle Shanahan zone blocking scheme. It's his joy to watch. But if you're desperate, if you got nothing at running back and you don't feel like going with Legarrette Blunt's disgusting ass, and I can't blame you there. I think Morris has a good shot at plodding his way into the end zone. This is a guy that sees about half the touches of, of Brita. He had nine last week as compared to 20 for Brita. But a lot of those touches, over half of them, came in the red zone. And that's where he sees a lot of his work is on the goal line. I think against an awful Tampa Bay team, we're going to see plenty of goal line chances for the for the 49ers. And I think Morris plods his ass in for at least one of them giving you a 9-10 to 10 point day. For a desperation hail Mary, you can do a lot worse in my opinion.
0: Wide receivers. Guy you're higher on, but not much higher. On Doug Baldwin at Carolina, you know, possibly this is attached to the whole Russell Wilson thing that we talked about before. You got him as your wide receiver 18. The experts only have him at fifteen, so or at 21, I should say. Slight uptick. Why do you think maybe you're a little higher on him than that supposed yeah, pros? Yeah, I'm getting
1: him in a lot of early sit star questions, which is why I decided to feature him. There weren't any receivers that were standing out as like plus 15 higher or anything like that until you get lower in the list, and we'll talk right. about a lot of those guys in a few. So right in that middle of the pack where people are deciding Ridley or this guy or that guy or Baldwin, I'm always leaning Baldwin, and I'm a few spots higher than the experts. One, because Baldwin himself, to just declared himself fully healthy says he's over that knee issue finally not experiencing pain and as soon as he proclaims that he goes off for his best fantasy game of the season season high 10 targets, season high 7 catches his first TD of the year solid effort, nothing to just go crazy over but it's nice to see the guy finally back to that top target status in this offense and then you got Carolina very middle of the road against receivers but in particular been getting beaten down by slot types, Tyler Boyd Humphreys and Odell who all have been dominating in slot snaps this year. All three of those guys went for over 20 fantasy points against Carolina. And again, that's Boyd and Humphreys. No real like standout names there. Uh, going crazy out of the slot, where Baldwin obviously does most of his work. So I just think the, the combination of matchup, Baldwin rounding into form, and I, like I said, I love Wilson this week in a potential shootout game. I think Baldwin just starts building off that really solid effort he had last week, and has again his best effort of 2018 starting this week.
0: Now real quick, I mean, just to throw in another one, you like Marquise Goodwin, who you actually have it wide receiver 38, 10 spots above the experts. Obviously, you're going a lot further down the list to even talk about Goodwin. Marginal starter even where you have him. But yeah. you do seem to think he's uh, you know better than where the experts
1: have. I'm assuming that's just because of the Tampa Bay matchup. It's all about the matchup, baby. Uh, They gave up huge play after huge play, and there's nobody better at generating them than Marquise Goodwin. Now, can Nick Mullins actually deliver that mail? We'll we'll see. But if he's one of my favorite Hail Mary plays, I love pairing him up with Goodwin, who Tampa Bay, just a joyous occasion whenever you get to match up with them. He'll burn them deep, and Mullins is not afraid to let it rip. So I I like Marquise Goodwin a a lot higher than the experts do, at least.
0: All right, guy you're lower on, and you've been lower on this guy a lot. Corey Davis at (laughs) Houston. Wide receiver, 32 for you, 6 spots below the pros who have him at 26 i mean you say i mean and i and i like this quote i mean you feel like people just keep kind of giving him a pass for the fact that he sucks uh, right. why
1: <laughs> i don't know i don't get why they keep wanting to give this guy that pass because he not he had a good one.
0: game against the patriots i mean yeah, exactly. so a bunch of people <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. He's had two good games on the year. He's had two games over double digits. That's far less than Adam Humphreys has had in terms of double digit games this year. He's had two blow ups and he's ruined your lineup otherwise. And now you got the risk mixed in of maybe Mariota plays, maybe he doesn't. Even if he does play, they're facing a Houston D that's allowed the fifth most, uh fifth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, under two hundred pass yards per game over their last six games. This has been a defense that has really started to round into form that can get after the quarterback and that locks down. Wide receivers, none of which is good for the offensive prognosis of Tennessee. I, there's nothing to like about Corey Davis. He's been so inconsistent. He has two blow-up games, and everyone comes out and says, "I told you so." This guy's fantastic. He'll have five more duds before you see a good game out of him again. Avoid him. He's ruined seasons for a lot of people. Don't let you don't don't be the next one. Somehow he's like starting like sixty percent. I don't get it. I don't get fucking Corey Davis at all. Don't go after it. Please don't fall for it.
0: All right, I'm gonna hit you with a rapid fire section for Hail Mary because there's a couple yeah, guys at receiver. Shit you actually like so hit me with uh, as quick an explanation as you can because i'm gonna hit you with four guys all right right away adam humphreys against san francisco
1: double digits in three of his last four winston loves targeting the slot with nearly 20 better points on his qb rating when going after the slot than outside wide receivers humphreys rolling and the matchup is juicy i love it
0: Pierre Garçon, also 20% owned
1: at Tampa Bay. I feel like you barely even need to explain this one, but go ahead. Matchup, matchup, matchup. Plus, he flashed some nice chemistry in his only game with Mullins, 56 yards and a TD. It was kind of his first option on a lot of reads. You could tell Mullins was looking for him. Gets Tampa Bay's pathetic third most fancy points to wide receivers. Back and forth shootout. at like Humphreys and Pierre Garçon as two really underowned guys going back and forth.
0: Rashard Higgins, 1% owned. We're getting down there. We are scraping
1: the bottom of the barrel, or are we? I know. Bassler, the back shoulder fade, though. I actually really like Higgins. as a sneaky talent. He's scored in two out of the three games he's played with Baker Mayfield. And then he's facing the Bengals. Matchup, matchup, matchup. Second most yards per game through the air. Baker and Higgins, I think, have another connection on the TD and maybe have their highest yardage total on the season.
0: All right. And last but not least, Bruce Ellington, a week ago, a peanut vendor in Detroit, now playing <laughs> against
1: the Chicago Bears, 1% owned also. We talked about him earlier. Yep, he saw nine targets as a reminder in his debut. Marvin Jones and Carrion have already been ruled out. So for all the strengths of that Chicago team, they do struggle tackling. They do give up lots of yak, and that plays into Ellington's strengths out of the slot. Uh, Galladay's obviously going to be that top number one target hog, but he'll also command Kyle Fuller and a lot of their defensive attention. I can see Ellington have a sneaky big day on Thanksgiving for you. All
0: right, let's go to tight ends. Guy that we are higher on. The Wolf recently said, uh, there, you know, if there was one guy, one guy in the NFL that he could <laughs> hang out with for the night and just chill with because he likes him so much, it would be this guy. And so it's not a surprise <laughs> that he's gassing him up like this. Cameron Brate against San Francisco, tight end eight, five spots higher than the expert. Why do you feel the need to suck off Cameron Brate so much, Wolf?
1: Oh, my God. This must be just a hearkening to last year where Cameron Brate was the one player I would pick to spit in his face that and was slap. The, yes, the that's exactly I what this is. I, I think you might have mixed up my words there in terms of wanting to chill with him. I absolutely hate Cameron Brady. He's a fucking dickhead that ruined a lot of weeks for me last year. But I'm going back to the well. He's Winston's boy. Uh, And Winston's back in the lineup. And guess who's out? O.J. Howard, now Mm -hmm. on the IR. So he's done for the year. Tight ends have always dominated in Dirk Cutter's scheme, dating back to Tony Gonzalez's day uh, back in Atlanta. Dirk Cutter has always featured his tight ends. And now that it's a one-man show there, you got to enjoy it. He had double or more receiving yards and nearly double the TDs and receptions in games with Winston than games without Winston. Uh, and Winston, as we've always mentioned, has 120 QB rating when targeting tight ends. That's third out of 25 qualifiers as compared to under 80 when he's targeting wide receivers. That's the worst, 25 out of 25. So Winston's always loved targeting tight ends. Now he has only one to throw to with Howard out. Just the pers- perfect recipe, even though San Fran is actually surprisingly decent at defending the tight end, I think there's no chance that Bray doesn't score at least one in this game. Uh, so I absolutely love him where he's ranked as a-, a non-starter by the experts. I think he's a clear-cut top. 12 guy this week and for the rest of the season
0: guy you're lower on and i don't actually have the numbers in front of me for some reason but you're a little lower than the experts on austin hooper how come and how much lower
1: I'm pretty significant. I think I have five or six lower. Uh, they have him in, in their top 10, and he's well outside my top uh, – I think he's outside my top 15 even. Just not a fan of Hooper in the sense that he's been a prayer on matchups. Very good in the blow-up spots where it's you know Pittsburgh and they give up the third most points to tight ends. All those green matchups, Hooper has done fantastic. But it surprisingly doesn't get much more red than the Saints when it comes to tight ends. They're giving up the second-fewest points to tight ends the Saints are. No tight end on the year has hit – double-digit fantasy points against this team. They just held Zach Ertz to two catches and 15 yards. What do you think Austin Hooper, fresh off a pathetic 27 yards uh, himself, is going to do against this team? I don't think he's going to have anywhere to go on Thanksgiving night. Uh, It's awful.
0: All right, Hail Mary. Chris Hearn in the fourth, 7% owned. I know... There's some talk about him. I've always been more of a fan of Chris Herndon the third, as well. I I like Chris Herndon the fifth as well. Chris Herndon the fourth kind of under the radar for a lot of people. Only seven percent owned. Why do you like this guy so much?
1: Uh, you you got to be a bigger fan of the fourth. He might be the best Herndon that's ever existed. No chance. New England has given up the fourth most fantasy points to tight end and Herndon by far has been the most consistent pass catcher for the Jets now again that's kind of like the, the the skinniest kid at fat camp style award <laughs> that we always talk about but he's topped eight plus fantasy points in four straight games with Sam Darnold uh, unfortunately before I wrote this it was expected that Darnold was going to play and he caught TDs in three or four of those games now it's looking like Darnold's actually doubtful to play and he has to deal with Josh McCowan who he still led the team in receiving which Josh McCowan, but I was only 34 yards so his shine is worn off a little bit by the fact that he has to deal with Josh McCowan, most likely even still Herndon is like the only guy that is trustworthy in this attack in the least if you're desperate at tight end let's say you have Gronk and you need a backup plan uh, because Gronk might not go and Gronk's going to go so they, I don't know why I'm using this as an example but if you're just desperate of all, as all hell Chris Herndon a decent play this week they're going to need garbage time points and this guy's the security blanket over the middle of the field
0: all right, week twelve mailbag. It's a big one, and why not? These people have a lot on the line at this point. Absolutely. CJ half point PPR, do or die. Pick two: Marquez Valdez, Scandling, Christian Kirk, Traquan Smith, DJ Moore. We need two of them. Half point PPR. Who you got?
1: Is there a more boomer bust like four that you have to try to get the two right? And I absolutely you could get whiff. zero
0: points combined uh-huh. out of these four, or you could get hundred.
1: Right, Traquan and DJ Moore combined for like 80 last week, yet I took the other two. So, I mean, this is just such a tough call, and I apologize to me personally. Where I'm leaning is MBS And Traquan Smith, if he plays. If Traquan doesn't, I would look at DJ Moore. But I know Scantling, fresh off a dickhead day, was awful, 1.3. But I think it really benefits him when they actually face a tougher secondary, especially one like the Vikings where they have a true number one lockdown-style corner. Not that Adams is going to get shut out and shut down or any of that. He's still going to be his dominant self. But maybe just maybe Rodgers actually turns his attention elsewhere when he's got that tough matchup with Adams. Uh, That's when guys like Scantling and these secondary receivers – tend to blow up because rogers looks to that secondary matchup that he can exploit better so i like mbs in that spot because it's a tougher secondary uh against the, the vikings and then Traquan against atlanta a horrible secondary the guy just exploded for his best game and showed really good chemistry with breeze as long as he's out there i'm going with And if he's not there's just too much upside with dj moore to go you never go christian kirk over dj moore in that situation so mbs Traquan, dj moore and then kirk is how i rank those four
0: CJ also wants to know, uh, Carson Wentz or Big Ben?
1: Uh, man, I have him actually as my legitimate 10 and 11 quarterback. I think Wentz has a nice bounce back, though, against the Giants, as shitty as he was, as weak-ruining as he was. He's been over 20 fantasy points pretty much every other week other than his first week back. I think he gets back from those 20-plus points. Big Ben just always makes me a little nervous. Anish, half-point PPR, pick
0: two wide receivers. Manuel Sanders, DJ Moore, Traquan Smith, Anthony Miller, Chris Godwin. Give me two.
1: Manny Sanders is the clear-cut number one there for me. And then similar to the situation that slash has, DJ, Traquan or DJ Moore, Anthony Miller makes me a little bit more nervous with Chase Daniels now at quarterback. It could play into his favor, and he has the best day of all those receivers, but that's, tra- that, that's real risky to bet your season on Chase Daniels in any capacity. And Godwin's just been so boom or bust. You know, Maybe this is the week he booms for you, but I'd rather have the boom of Traquan Smith in my opinion. Your boy, Cameron Brait or Trey Burton? Half-point PPR. He didn't get called my boy for no reason. The man I would love to hang out with every day of the rest of my life, Cameron Brait.
0: All right, one of these. Half-point PPR from the Flex. Gus the Bus or Duke Johnson?
1: Oh, man, I actually love both of them. Uh, but Gus the Bus, it's the Bus, the bus. against on. the Raiders. He's a steamroller. Uh, the matchup is great, and anytime Lamar Jackson's at quarterback, it only helps. That team averages over two yards per carry more when they got Jackson under center than when they have Joe Flacco. You're rolling the Bus.
0: All right, this is Shit, Bum, Flex, Hell, round 1,704. Here's your choices. LaShawn <laughs> McCoy against Jacksonville. Devontae Freeman? Is that Devontae Freeman? Is he even playing anymore? No,
1: Royce Freeman. Royce Royce. Freeman,
0: okay. I was like, good God, I can tell you not to pick that guy. Royce (laughs) Freeman against Pitt. Not that that's that much better of a choice. Uh, Austin Eckler against Arizona. Also have Gordon, for whatever it's worth. Josh, uh, John Brown against Oakland. Or do you take a wide receiver flyer on Pierre Garçon or Christian Kirk? Please help. Yeah, you do need help.
1: I know. Uh, so where I'm at, this is my flex hell. Uh, yeah, it's, it's rough, man. Uh, unfortunately, as of now, I'm leaning just going both. Uh, the L.A. backs, I always start that way, and then I, was I never said, end up probably doing go Eckler, probably. Um, but because I need a ton of points this week, which is uh, the the nerve wracking part. It's one of those things that nobody cares about my fans. you Might get it, but it's just funny I how care. different our wide receivers are. Thank you. Uh, I'm rolling out Marquez Valdez Scanting, Cortland Sutton, and Adam Humphreys as my three this week. He has Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, T.Y. Hilton with Tyreek on his bench. So, I mean, talk about a contrast of wide receivers. This is literally David versus Goliath style wide receiver battles. So I need all the points I can get, which is why I almost lean away from Eckler because like how many points can you get from both guys? But I also think he might be the highest score out of this pathetic list. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I have Eckler in now and just hope Gordon and him pulverize the entire Arizona awful run defense and are the entire offense of the Cardinals but it's risky obviously I don't know which way would you lean in this situation I would uh I mean your your
0: logic is sound I mean my instinct would have been to go Echler also but
1: man I don't know I mean you know I could even see breaking down and taking McCoy but I know that's crazy a lot of people keep telling me they think that I should go McCoy. I'm not. That I ask too many, but everyone's like, "You got to go McCoy." No, not, I don't but want I'm, to
0: come off like I'm like I'm actually making an endorsement here. But but these, these are not good choices.
1: No, no, my team sucks. Thank you for <laughs> an- reminding me. Anthony Fella,
0: <laughs> PPR pick one. Rest of the season, Kiki Cutie or MVS.
1: As much as I hate that he had that huge dud last week I think MVS comes with a lot more rest of season upside the dud was shitty but right before that he had 11 fancy points and 4 straight uh, with one 7.8 game mixed in there so he'd been very useful and you just want any part of the Packers offense especially with the 4th easiest rest of season schedule after this game with the Vikings it becomes a green cakewalk style matchup so unless you need immediate like I need someone I can depend upon which QT offers I, I would much rather roll cutie out this week or, you know, maybe even next week, but long term rest of season outlook I'd rather have MBS.
0: All right, Brian Lewin, half point PPR. Deion Lewis, Theo Riddick, Calvin Ridley, or Anthony Miller for your flex? I'm gonna
1: roll Lewis just because I don't really like any of those other options, and Lewis is the best bet for 20-ish plus touches, especially if Gabbert's playing. Uh, the offense as a whole will be horrendous, but at least you know you got some sure volume with Lewis.
0: Well, same same guy, same team. I'm assuming at wide receiver two, who you got Miller, Ridley, or Golden Tate.
1: Oh, man. I'll, I'm going to go Ridley just because the upside is huge there. He's had those monster blow-up games. Anthony Miller, you're relying on Chase Daniels, as we already said. Tate struggling to find his role in this Eagles offense. So give me Ridley against the Saints, and, and let's hope he blows up.
0: Jimbo Slice, who we did not mention actually knocked Keegs off in the Roto Street Journal League last year. Jimbo Slice, Shout was, out I, think, Jimbo. I think, was 2-8 going into the game, so go ahead.
1: Saving the undefeated season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: thank you for that. He's gonna, Keegs is going to kill me this week. Full PBR, Flex, Duke Johnson, Kiki Cutie, Marquise Goodwin.
1: I actually love all three of those options, even though they might seem shitty on paper. Good one we already raved about. Uh, but I'm going Duke, yeah, against uh, Cincinnati, who get dominated through the air and through the run, which Duke is obviously involved in both of those. I think Duke Johnson has a, a blow-up, especially full PPR, too, maybe six to seven catches. You get that touchdown already on just receptions, and then the, all the yards he's going to rack up against that awful tackling defense. Yeah, Duke Johnson's my favorite there. Jimbo also wants to know full PPR, tight end Jack Doyle,
0: Cameron Brait, Evan Ingram.
1: Ooh, my boy Brait. Let's roll Your him Your boy Brait. I knew you were going to yeah. say that.
0: Team Miller, James Conner, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb. Standardly, what the hell are you doing? You got to sit one of them.
1: Uh, that is brutal, especially as Chubb has that matchup against Cincinnati this week, the most points to running backs. and then But who do you bench out of James Conner and McCaffrey? Uh, I don't know. That's a fucking hard question. Maybe McCaffrey because they're facing Seattle and it's standard and you don't get the points for receptions. But McCaffrey's rolling right now and Conner's off a dud. Uh, to me, it's more so between McCaffrey and Conner, which is crazy because most would say Chubb's probably the third option there. No, no I think have, Chubb's the, the top job. option, actually. Uh, me me as well, so uh, I would say I'm probably sitting Connor just after that underwhelming game he had last week. I would say McCaffrey. Jeremy Taylor,
0: two questions surrounding Gus the bus, both half point PPR. Number one, Gus or Jordan Howard?
1: I'm rolling the Gus bus, baby. Jordan Howard got stuffed by the Lions D last time, and it's just Jordan Gross Howard. Give me the excitement of the bus. Okay, how about Gus or Lamar Miller? Talk about wanting excitement. You don't want bleh Lamar Miller in your squad. The bus. Ride Gus the bus all day. If there's one lesson for week 12, it is ride the Gus bus.
0: If Lamar Miller were a food, he would just be like flavorless ice cream, like chickpeas. Right, non flavoring. <laughs> <laughs> Lentils.
1: Yeah, exactly. Lentil soup, Lamar Miller, Stephen. <laughs> that might be too much flavor. For I was him, gonna say don't don't that actually soup.
0: tastes like something. Yeah. Stephen F. Drop <laughs> Deshaun Watson for Jameis Winston if only a one-week rental. Philip Lindsay or Calvin Ridley for your flex spot. Two questions there.
1: Uh, the easy one's Lindsay. Uh, you definitely go Lindsay over Ridley. How do yep. you bench Lindsay? He's been an unbelievable locked in RB2, even low end RB1 yep. at this point. Love the talent. So, do you drop Watson for Winston? I mean, this week I do like Winston, and I like him a decent amount more than I like Watson. But if it's just a rental, I'd probably rather have Watson because you never know when Winston's going to get benched, if it's even going to be this game. There's a lot of long-term risks surrounding uh, Winston. Although, if it is only for a one-week rental purpose and you have somebody else on your bench that's your every-week starter anyways, then yeah, I guess I would drop him so that I get that upside for this one-week injection. I need a little bit more context there, but if it's a true one-week rental, then yes, I would drop Watson for Winston.
0: Tori Coza wants to know uh, his wide receiver, too. Jarvis Landry at- cincinnati or amari cooper versus washington
1: i'm gonna go landry the matchup is very ripe i think it's just gonna be dink 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 he's gonna have a nice 10 catch you know 100 yard td day it's gonna be landry's best effort of 2018 flex spot same guy
0: tevin coleman at new orleans sony michelle at the jets or philip Lindsay versus pittsburgh
1: God damn, I wish I had those options for my flex. I'm talking about like Pierre Garçon versus LaShawn McCoy. Awful shit. Look at that. You're lucky. You're wrong if you do, wrong if you don't type of thing. They're all going to be good, I imagine. My personal favorite would be Sony at the Jets. Just the, We saw what LaShawn McCoy did to these guys, what the pathetic Bills did. What do you think the Patriots are going to do? They're going to get up big early. They're going to bleed the clock with Sony. Uh, if not him, you're nervous about that last dud he had at Tennessee. Lindsey would be my next one. But I say Sony's my favorite of that Greff griff wants to know stefan diggs or keenan allen i'm oh man that's a tough one let's go allen allen's been real fucking hot lately you're not going to bench him in the streak he's having all right here we go ap or mccoy slash edwards slash adams gus the bus edwards yeah, baby on, of course all day ap obviously had a great game last week but with colt mccoy now and a tougher front seven for for dallas and i've seen the stat that he's only averages 12 touches a game when they, they are down, and they're like eight-point underdogs in this game, so I think they're going to be down the entire game. I, it's just a horrible spot for AP, and I love the spot for Gus the Bus. Same guy, Griff. Flex, Breta Diggs, AP, McCoy, or Adams? Wow. Oh, damn, this one to me comes down to Breida or Diggs for the right, flex me too. I love the matchup for Brita facing uh, Tampa Bay and I also love the talent of Diggs and he just had one of his best games of the season I- I'm probably going with Diggs Like you're not benching Diggs if you don't have to I think if, if you, that means you get Diggs and Keenan Allen into your lineup as much as I love the spot for Brita there's always that injury risk and he's kind of a bitch so I, I go Diggs here we have a Richie
0: Dunkelberger sighting Jarvis tough Landry tough. or Duke Johnson, PPR?
1: That's a real tough one because both you know, highly involved in a Cleveland offense that should put up their yards and points against a very bad Cincy defense. To me, it's Jarvis. I'm going to go Jarvis Landry there.
0: Well, he has a follow-up. He wants to know if Jarvis, Duke, or Lamar Miller are B2. We say Duke definitely,
1: right? Right. For full PPR especially, Duke, I think, you know, good for six, seven catches and a ton of upside against Cincy. I'd roll Duke there. Trey Burton, Cameron Brait. Brait, right?
0: Great for sure, Javi. Yep. Justin wants to know, do I keep Gronk in for an uncertain status leading up to
1: Sunday, or do I go with Burton tomorrow at 1230? 100% Gronk, if Burton's your other option You're not gonna, there's no reason to sacrifice The potential just dick-whipping Gronk could give your opponent on Sunday uh, Which I really think he's going to I mean, one, it's the Jets He's been off a few weeks He's kind of rested, hopefully fully healthy I think we're gonna get a nice little stretch run From Gronk, gonna start with a two-touchdown blow-up Against the Jets I'm certainly not sacrificing my chance at that To get Burton into my lineup Worse comes to worse, and Gronk sits Which he's not expected to, he's expected to play He's fully practiced practicing uh but if he does sit you can always grab herndon and, and throw that out there which i might even like more than burton in the first place so no you're not sitting Gronk for burton no way
0: i have the exact two tight ends that they're talking about here and i have to say i'm not even considering not playing Gronk. uh james eichner at Rose street wolf have calvin ridley and corlin sutton as wide receiver depth in ppr thinking of dropping ridley to pick up reynolds even with the buy eh, because of the higher floor could also pick up dj Moore. what do you think
1: I do love Josh Reynolds. I love what he did this week uh, after getting singled out by uh by Sean McVay is having that long wiry frame and good body control and a wide catch radius we saw it on display multiple times got peppered in the red zone converted one of them for a touchdown and just barely missed a toe tapping second touchdown so this guy was highly used in Cooper Cup's first game out he's blown up two out of the three times Cooper Cup's been out of the lineup and I think it's just more and more involvement he's gonna just keep blowing up so I love Reynolds it's a wide receiver heavy offense I think he's the clear cut number three there now and that's just a the clear cut number three for the the Rams is much more valuable to me than Sutton or Ridley. I would drop either of those guys for him, yes.
0: Last but not least, Hernan G., pick three in half-point PPR. Chris Carson, Dion Lewis, Gus the Bus, uh, Josh Adams, and Marlon Mack.
1: Uh, Gus the Bus, definitely in there for me. Marlon Mack, definitely in there for me. Even though I'm not usually a Mack supporter, that matchup against Miami is as juicy as it gets. It's that perfect kind of spot like Buffalo and Oakland where he blew up for like 30. Uh, It could be another Mack, just massive day. So him and the Bus, the clear-cut top two for me. And then from there, I I like Carson's bet the me most too. to get in the end zone you know Dion tough matchup against the texans josh adams I- if the volume was ever there could really blow up and the giants have been getting killed on the ground since giving up snacks to the lions we saw how much better the lions have been with him in their lineup well the giants have been getting bled for at least two more yards per carry per game without him in there so josh adams is in a good spot but i need to see him get more than seven carries before i believe in this guy so gus Mack, and carson the clear-cut top three for me in that one that's it, Wolf. You
0: got any social media you want to pump before we put this thing out there and then we hit Thanksgiving?
1: Absolutely. One last time, rotostreetjournal.com is the homepage, and if you want to play in our Thursday night contest as we grow this pick pick'em, our fantasy pick uh, we again, we want to explode down the stretch here. If you want to be part of that, rotostreetjournal.com slash pick for all the rules and how to do it and the prizes, all that good stuff. Check that out. And then, of course, to play it, you'll need to follow us on our social media social medias which on instagram and facebook is roto street journal on twitter it's roto st journal me personally you can find me at roto street wolf if you have any sit start questions questions about the contest if you want to tell me how good your turkey is or what blackout wednesday story you have for us let me know at roto street wolf or send in a, a voicemail at roto street journal dot slash wine line love to hear those as well Best of luck on week 12. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, everybody. Make that turkey taste good and enjoy. Be thankful because you got that fantasy win. Let's go for it, week 12, baby. All right. My name is Nat the Truth Jones. And he's the wolf. And I'm the wolf. See, See you, you guys. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the
0: crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 At least we stole the show, stole the show. Straight ahead, Dettler Second effort, third effort Touchdown, oh.